let's at least agree what what we are talking about. We're gonna agree right now. We're already recording. Oh no! Again, <laughs> we're gonna agree right on the podcast. Uh, Always doing that. He catches you off guard, and then you have to like act immediately. You guys don't like being caught off guard. I'm not caught off guard. I just don't like being recorded <laughs> when I don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> That's the best part. Then you get a really honest, All nice, right, figured out puzzle topic. Because uh, then, as we're talking about it, the other topics that we've been talking so far are gonna click. Yeah, yeah. Today in the news, everywhere was announced that the 41st president, I think, of the United States, George W. Bush. Yeah. Did you hear? Did you hear that? By the way. Yeah, I heard no. that. Uh, no, I don't know. I was working all day. What was what was announced? That George H. W. Bush um, passed away, and uh, he's a part of the. The golden generation, um, everybody, everywhere in the U.S., it's it's announced in every newspaper. And uh, next Wednesday, Donald Trump made it a like a memorial, National Memorial Day, and also okay. the stock market is going to be closed. Really? Yeah. You think he was... it can it can reduce the value of dollar? You think maybe? No, because it's just a one day thing, but. Just conceptually sure. speaking, that's one person. I mean, a, a person of such caliber, obviously, can have such an impact on everything. Like the influence of one person, as what we're doing right now as podcasts, as three guys, what our influence can have on other people's lives, and on on a regional, local level, even on a national level, depending on how far you get. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that would be the goal: is to get really far-reaching, so that you can reach a bunch of people and influence all of them different ways. Are we recording? We're recording for sure, right? Yeah. Oh my God. I have top influential people and before I didn't give it too much of a thought, but I'm seeing that people that like are really specific with their character and the way they think, some of them really attract a lot of influencing power. So Mm -hmm. relative. Yeah. Well, what are some of the things that, that you were noticing? I mean, nothing in particular, but if you're something of a unique type of personality or um, you're really good at something, like extraordinarily good, nothing average in your talk when you're speaking, everything is like new information, that kind of puts people off guard. They're like, they give you more respect. Because let's say you meet a new person and they're trying to give you respect in different categories. And when you like give the best first impression from then on, yeah different ball game yeah i i agree like the like the you know we have a saying like you know just uh in slovakia that the that the first impression counts the most you know and like like that's like one of the few proverbs that i'm like that that's really that's really true like it really matters how are you gonna uh set yourself up but but I think it only matters in in positively. So if you, if you're gonna set yourself up positively, uh, everyone's gonna think about you in a positive way. Mm-hmm. But if you're gonna if you're gonna set yourself up negatively, you can still like or or like like you're stupid. But th- but then eventually, kind of sort of, you climb through and you explain everything. Blah 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 blah. Like it takes a, like it takes a little bit of effort, but you, but you still can make it up. So I mean. That's at least my experience. Yeah. 
well, it takes a lot more effort to get on someone's good side after being on their bad side. You've kind of you've kind of bit the hand already, you know. Yep. Mm-hmm. Which is you gotta reach uh, by yourself in any possible way, and that, that takes mm-hmm. a lot of work and a lot of change of effort. Yeah, Tim Ferriss talks about that when he recorded Arnold Schwarzenegger. He um brought up backup audio, so he had the original audio, and then he brought another backup audio, and then the original failed, and he shows, well, I've got a backup, so it's okay. And Arnold apparently like looked at everyone. He's like, see, like he knows what he's doing. He's got a backup. He's got plans. Okay. Mm-hmm. Good example. Yeah. Which right, is... so the topics of today, besides that, that we were talking and you can introduce actually the influential part in it was mm-hmm. mainly we're going to shift to Asia and more yeah. big China. Yeah. And we have a couple of general topics that have happened in the, newest news and like the in the mm-hmm. tech industry and the general um future plan industry let's start off with one that patrick told me a month and a half ago about the i believe that you told me that patrick but about the um, fact that china wants to expand its railways across asia downward did you tell me about that maybe my memories uh elaborate so, like, by 2040, China wants to create this um, railway system and also, besides the supersonic railway system, also, like, a connection. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I think, yeah. And, uh, like, after that, we discussed what is uh, what is easier if anything fails on the, on the ground, if anything fails in the air. That's what you're talking about. Yeah. So, what was it about? Did you, do you remember everything from it or not? No clue. I can be like shooting in the air, but I think it, um, it was about about, about the trains that that are just like uh, faster than like basically any commercial airline that that uh, China plans to implement to connect their their major cities. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, it was something like that. Yeah, Lucas, what were you gonna add? Um, it wasn't it something to do with how the rails are designed and that it can move much faster. And then we, you were pointing out that with uh trains if they go at really high speeds and if you have a crash that um like that's really devastating so they have to that's something they really have to be wary of when designing something like that yeah. and then I, yeah I, that was that true but i think i said what i said was that uh like if i go thousand uh, like a uh, thousand miles an hour i would much rather for something to happen on the ground you mm-hmm. know and have like a false feeling that you know like the like imagine, imagine an engine breaks down in a train. Like mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know if they run an engine or whatever. Imagine yeah. an en- engine breaks down on a train. It's an old train. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. But, but but you just you just go on the rails until until your engine stops giving power, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But imagine something happens on a plane like engine. Mm-hmm. Well. <laughs> You better have an airport that is ready to accommodate your airplane, yeah. like close by, mm-hmm. and and even without engine, it it's I think there there are certain complications. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like like I'm try, trying to say, uh, if you're in a train and anything breaks down apart from from the the contact point with the with the rail, yeah, that you're, you're fine. Yeah, you're cool because you're just going to let kind of sort of let it like. Break. Mm-hmm. Right, so let's okay. Talk right now, maximum speed of this train by the articles is two thousand five hundred miles per hour, which is four thousand kilometers per hour. That's maximum speed or around there. 
And obviously, you're not going to have a one direct stop. You're going to have many stops. And say your engine brakes. Mm-hmm. And with the engine brake, it's like on a maximum, and the brakes don't work too well. And also, if you put the brakes on maximum, that's going to like put a, I don't know, a physics impact on the people that are. I mean, there. honestly, honestly, the only thing that I can think of that would cause complications is the brake. Oh, well, let's, the not, mal- let's, let's try not to talk over each other. Yeah. Sorry. Like it's fine. the malfunction of brakes. That's what I just wanted to say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so what would you do if you have a general G-force plus whatever physics equation you have to use, how long is it going to take for a 2,500 mile per hour train to stop and mm. that weighs, you know, um, not a tons? I want to know also how how the train actually works, though, because that'll change the safety mechanisms and fail-safes that you need to have and maybe it's not brakes like maybe it isn't brakes maybe it's shutting off like let's hypothesize that the rails somehow power the train themselves and what if you just shut off the rails and the train slow it can't run anymore and due to friction then it the contact it makes with the rails or something slows it down much faster you know what i mean supersonic speed is going to create fire for sure though i yeah no i'm just trying to figure out because i don't understand exactly how this train runs but that would do you see what I'm saying? That would change yeah, the fail safe yeah. mechanisms. Yeah. yeah, but I think we're going down the rabbit hole that like we don't have expertise in. Like like what are we gonna say? Like uh mm. let let's just make five backup breaks. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Just, you know, like like think about it. Like like I don't think we have any, well, we any instead of going to the rabbit hole of expertise because there is already quite a bit of info on Wikipedia and other resources, we can mm talk about the future progression of all technology going supersonic so besides the trains in china let's say that's integrated in europe that's Mm -hmm. integrated in the u.s then there's a train integrated above the pacific ocean and so you can travel by train instead of by plane then what how would that change the world well that would change the world obviously drastically but i still want to kind of pin back on what we were talking before before we talk start going off with um what is this train going to do? Because you're still worried about how this train's going to run. You know what yeah. I mean? Before we start going to train is connecting continents and cities and everything like that. Um, you, cause you, would you, were you the one who decided you'd rather be in a plane if something failed in that situation? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I, said I would rather be on ground. Mm-hmm. I can see that. Uh, Detro, why would you rather be in a plane though? Cause I don't know of accidents that have happened on plane in comparison to any kind of other crashes that have happened on ground is much, much less. Mm-hmm. That's true. How long okay. have... I, I, I just... percentages. Yeah. But, he, but, but yeah, but we're... I mean, you cannot... Neg- like, we're neglecting this percentage. You cannot say this when we say, when something happens, would you rather be on the ground or in the air? So now the per- the percentage, if you're up or down. The on, on the ground, it's a split second. You get hit, you're done. In mm-hmm. the air, you have time to think. And you have, like, safety precautions. You have general fly-through procedures that they know how to uh, fly onto the ocean or fly onto ground. Um, you also have, like, safety pack parachutes in the back that may, some of them may use. And you have a bunch of things. So. But you're very likely to not survive if anything goes wrong, and you're about like the the 
the water landing like the the likelihood of the water landing to go to go well is is low mm-hmm. same thing you know i mean same thing with the parachute what if you jump over the ocean like you're gonna jump or you're gonna land in the ocean and you're gonna drown because you're gonna have a parachute on your back and there's no way to get rid of it like in time you know you're gonna have boats and helicopters on your way while this is I think you, you, I think, I think you underestimate how big ocean is. Like, like, uh, man, they couldn't find a, like a plane from Malaysia for, for like two years. Like, I think ocean, um, actually you can have some point, I believe a Vsauce talked about in a video, you can actually put a piece of bread at one point in the Pacific ocean. And then the exact opposite side of the earth, you can have another piece of bread in the Pacific ocean. That's how big it is. I mean, it's ridiculous. Like, like I know, I know you're thinking that, Joe. But like, in terms of what I think, is if something goes wrong on a train, it the only thing that can go wrong that will kill me is brakes. Everything else is fine. Mm-hmm. I so, think. Yeah, go ahead. I think that like either or, like no matter what happens when you're traveling these speeds, like at this kind of distance or if we're able to get our trains to that level and that um speed like i think we're going to be able to do more with passenger planes and everything and they're all going to be equally as dangerous (laughs) no matter what happens you know what i mean or we can even say equally not dangerous you know what i mean because like because really i mean back to dash's point the percentage will be low for sure Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. In 2016, there were 163 aviation crashes. And let me check statistics, because I like data, even though Patrick does not like data. There were 163 aviation accidents worldwide in 2016. A grand total of 24 resulted in fatalities, meaning only about 15% of all accidents in this grouping, which themselves are extremely rare events, actually resulted in lives being lost. I think it also, but it depends on like what planes they're using and everything. It said aviation accidents worldwide. Worldwide, but th- does that also mean like single passenger planes and? Is yeah, it only yeah mean- because most of the most of the aviation yes. uh, like the failures are the one person like the flights that like they they just fuck up honestly. Mm-hmm. Business jets and military transports. So that includes the billionaire jets mm-hmm. that. Actually, there's one family that has had a tough history with uh, not surviving with mm-hmm. airplanes. I think it's either the Rockefellers or the Rothschilds. I'm not sure which one, but I'm definitely sure that one of them yeah. had issues. And then and also like a couple of Arabian mm-hmm. families. I'm not sure whether it's stage or something, but I don't want to go that. Yeah, level, well, but. we can we can continue to move on with this thing. So yeah. you, did you want to kind of go the direction of like what happens once everything's connected and say, we're going to eventually get better forms of transportation. So it will happen. Uh, did you want to talk more about the influence on China itself? Cause are they the first country that's going to be doing like this wide scale, this fast of a train? I'm pretty sure. Right? The train that they are showing. Yes. The most progression with it, having such a big population and having, um specific rules and just like the drive for technology they're just well well i would i would like to transition if i may i think i have a good thing uh mm-hmm. good thing to transition to transition to the topic that we want i think a lot of things uh like in at this at this level you know or they make 
Are they, I think in China there's a city that looks like like there is a replica of Paris, or yeah. I th- or you know like the supersonic trains and everything. I believe up to some extent it is allowed by a regime which is communism, which I'm not saying it's good, but in terms of being able to direct or steer the economy or like have have almost ultimate power about the government money or about the all the citizens money this type of like megalomaniac projects are are you know doable in in china because of communism yeah but but a downside of communism that we wanted to talk about i'm not i'm, I'm not i'm not saying downside mm-hmm. one side one side of communism that we want to talk about uh, today is the is the China social system right? And I yeah. I believe Decho has the most information about that, so I think he might he might want to introduce that or or first express opinion, and then we can chip in all our two cents. Mm-hmm. Well, is it something that's already up and functioning? Uh, Decho, Decho, go uh, ahead. Speaking, um, the political system that I've seen in China, based on all the articles that. I've researched, uh, it's really complicated, it's really connected, and if you get on somebody's wrong foot, uh, you can get pretty screwed up. Conceptually, though, I don't want to look at the politics because unless I was involved in them, I can really tell you indirectly mm-hmm. what's going on. Instead, I like to focus on the results that they're bringing in. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's my incentive. If you guys want to discuss about the... No, 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 you go, you go. And all the rules that, like, or accidents that have happened, or just, like, you can keep going. Then sure, but I feel like having so much background information with such a uh, global industrial power, Mm -hmm. what, at the end, how would you classify it as a successful or non-successful product? I mean, every developed or developing nation has its positives and negatives. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the end of the day, though, all of them have like a classification on how much power they hold in the world. Yeah. So U.S., China, Russia—they always been like rivaling. Where the U.S., you know, has yeah you know, power so far. China, though, owes most of the U.S. debt. Yeah. And Russia is considered to have other strengths. So, mm-hmm. like speaking in terms of China, and again, this is like these are topics which can be so broad yet can get really narrow in some specifics. Yeah, what, yeah, yeah. What do you think you guys want to ex- actually address? Because you said I have a lot of info, but again, mm-hmm. what are we trying to address with it? I think actually you made a good point. We can actually talk about whether or not it's successful as a country because that kind of sets up one of those things that we wanted to discuss anyway, which is that social system. The reason that like sets it up well is because we deem whether or not it's a, is, it, is it a successful country based on what it does. And this is something that it's going to do that's drastically different from what the U.S. does. I, and there's probably people, I think, in the United States that what they're calling, what they're doing with this social system or however it works, this credit system, um, that would actually, oh, like, okay. ask for that in the U.S. You know what All I mean? Right. Okay. So let's start off for a little bit in the beginning. Yeah. I'm going to give you an example as a working, let's say, as a working American versus a working Chinese person, and imagine it's the same person. Yeah. As a working American, you have 50 states that you can travel around um, mm-hmm. and find any job that you want to and be 
protected from all kinds of bias towards you, whether it be country-wise, whether it be race-wide, any, any, all, all the stuff that are there, yeah, yeah. But mm-hmm. even like in between genders, like there's yeah, just yeah. much yeah, we more, get that, yeah. it's, there's much more there. Yeah. You go to China, people are like a little bit, and, and I don't want to say it, but it's more one way. You don't have as much say you do have variety and you have 1.5 billion people but the mindset is a little bit more Mm -hmm. like one way if that makes sense well it's a it's i'm not sure if it makes sense well can you can you explain more why the culture is that way or do you conceptually what all of this doesn't make sense all i'm trying to say is that here you have choice you have you have free bought freedom but china like the system just makes you go down in a specific route. If you go, if you go away from the system, you, you can do all the way too much. You gotta, gotta really play it by the rules. Mm-hmm. Like or the government, everybody's like behind you. Um, yeah. So one thing that we're discussing from the information that we've been researching is this thing called a social um, credit system. Credit system, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it should have should be fully introduced by 2020. Yeah, and basically it's about every person having 1,000 points starts mm-hmm. off with 1,000 points, mm-hmm. and depending on what you do, you get points deducted. There are a couple yeah. of things that you can give you points, but most of the things that you do, you get points deducted. So let's say you're a regular walking person in the city, right? Mm-hmm. Like like let's say in New York City or Philadelphia. Yeah, and you jaywalk. And the U.S., if you do jaywalking, 95% of the time, nothing will happen to you. Nobody's going to tell you anything. Everybody's like, you know, save the pa- like the person who's walking. The cars are, it's their fault if they knock you out. Yeah. In China, though, you have the cameras. And I've seen, like, the cameras on the documentaries. They have artificial intelligence set up in them. So every time that somebody jay- jaywalks, it indicates it as red on the camera. And so... After that, it goes through the system and realizes who you are based yeah. on like the face recognition system. Yeah, so it, it realizes you, connects you to the general mm-hmm. social security score, and takes away, let's say, like five points away from you. Yeah, it's it's ridiculous that at that amount of people or citizens that China has, mm-hmm. they're able to implement this type of system. Like, regardless of whether it's good, bad, ethical, or unethical, mm-hmm. like wow, you know yeah. what I mean? I think it is. It is on another uh, level. The amount of cameras that they have to have is quite a lot. Yeah. I mean, Patrick, remember in New York City mm-hmm. when I was we were driving with the car? Every time that you walk through a bridge, there's at least like fifty to sixty cameras that make pictures all the time. And then they're all processed. Mm-hmm. They process your plate number, and then they send you the toll. Yeah, it doesn't matter whether you have an Easy Pass or not, you get the toll. That actually happened to me. There you go. My easy pass didn't, uh, uh, what was it? It didn't register one time, so they okay. sent us tickets. Yeah. Even in New York City already, it's established. You need like 50, 60 cameras for 18 million people, and not obviously all of them have mm-hmm. uh, cars. And let's say in China, you'll have to have much more technology, much more of everything. So you have yeah. to multiply that by many, many, many times. Yeah. So do it. But that, 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 yeah, also definitely much more into like the sidewalk cameras basically you have to have camera on every single corner yeah let me let me touch on something here this because this kind of this kind of ties into what you were or what 
I was saying a little bit earlier, um, and you were kind of saying it too, Patrick, is how like our societies are just different and how they can, because of how their system is constructed, they can even implement something like this and they're not getting like any sort of blowback because you can't really, I don't think you can really dissent over there to the government or anything. And compared right. to over here where I don't know if this would ever go through in the United States, you know what I mean? It would never would. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then again, I, I uh, remember guys with like, I sent you the uh, article mm-hmm. that might be slightly related to our topic. Yeah. And was it was like the the techniques of manipulation, right? Do you remember yeah. that? Yeah, I do remember that. The media manipulation by uh, Ch- uh, what's his name? Not only media, but uh, also like Chomsky. Yeah, yeah, by, Chomsky. All society, mm-hmm. like you know, all like all the changes introduce them slowly. You know, just mm-hmm. say that you don't want to do it, but you mm-hmm. have to. Do you, you know, re- do you remember any of the article? I remember. Yeah. Most no, no, but you guys can talk and I can pull it up. Yeah. All right, Detra, do you want to go over some of the main points there just so people listening, they don't have to go up and look up the whole okay. article? Or... Generally, I know that philosophically speaking, sometimes it gets boring, but <laughs> imagine it this way. Imagine that all the information that you're receiving, and I'm not saying that all the big companies are bad. No, they're, they're doing their job. Everybody's yeah. doing their job. Everybody's doing well. But imagine that all the information that you're receiving is not exactly the perfect information. It's given so that it diverts the attention of the general consumer so that they're focused on like mainstream stuff rather than super technological or governmental or political stuff. That's point one. How are you diverting that information? Um, paying a lot of um, attention to like, just general events instead of the specific ideas. Yeah. Um, Instead of like the well, true fear. messages behind it. Putting fear into it. Yeah. Yeah. The second point of fear. So let's say there's like, uh, I mean, obviously there, there's like a tornado, a tornado is happening, mm-hmm. or tsunami or whatever, but you can always find fear from anything, you know? Yeah. And uh, when people continuously see fear in the news, you know, this thing happened and this day, this happened, this day, people just like, squeeze off a little bit if that makes sense mm-hmm. um that was to does it keep them like a consistent state of fear yes so mm-hmm. how would you but but here's the thing that's interesting because i actively <laughs> avoid watching the news because of that reason <laughs> yeah i haven't watched the news much also like i just skim mm-hmm. through them in a sense don't focus too much on it yeah keep going but i've noticed the pattern where um um if you look at the general websites, you're not going to see too much complicated news. You're going to see this happen in football. This happened in social media. This happened on this reality TV show. Mm-hmm. Uh, mom did this. She got fired. Something yeah. like that. You know, not nothing. Something that's dramatic. You know. Yeah. And it's not too complicated and, and explained. And, and now that I think about it, like I remember every time I came to Slovakia. It was always like, uh, you know, this guy made 3,000 wooden uh, uh, Christmas decorations. You know what I mean? Exactly. <laughs> in, in, the, in the mid-Slovakia, they just made the biggest ice castle for the, la- for the past 10 years. Like, you know, like completely, completely irrelevant news to steer your attention away. And I like 
after I read that article, I like I had to text it to you guys because like it was just making so much sense for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, the media is, is like a really complicated kind of thing. That's way, and, and it kind of ties in with the whole China thing because <laughs> the way the media is over there compared to where it is over here, it's it's a whole nother universe, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's controlled in a sense there. You can't be speaking too much freely. And, well, you, and we're not you talking got... speakers here, but conceptually saying that uh, you got to be... You... You're still watching over yourself, you know? You can't be, like, random with, oh, I don't like the system. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Lucas, you grew up in the U.S.? Yeah, I grew up in the U.S. I was born here and grew up here. Uh, mm. But but your parents are from? Uh, my mom is from Germany. My dad is actually from here. So, okay. I have I have a kind of a crossbreed family. Yeah, uh, and that's just from from Bulgaria. I, yeah, was there, was there communism in Bulgaria? Pardon me, my lack of knowledge. You guys were were former Yugoslavia, so probably yes, right? They were not part of former Yugoslavia, but there was socialistic movement because of Russia, because they um, probably really close political ties and a bunch yeah, of different things. Yeah, mm-hmm. you guys were not. You guys were not Yugoslavia. I'm sorry for being no. there now. Thought you were. <laughs> no worries. I, I don't take it personally. Let's keep going. I, I was born there, yeah, but mm. I'm, I'm yes. So, so the reason why I'm asking is, uh, you know, they sometimes show the the old TV in in uh, Slovakia. It's like, oh, okay, so this was 40 years ago, you know, and mm-hmm. and you can just hear the announcing from like the 40 years ago, and it's like, mm-hmm. you know, so like. Oh, we were we are doing so great in a communist country of Czechoslovakia, you know, like yeah, like that's the propaganda. That's what, yeah, the, yeah, like like literally the whole communication mm-hmm. to the to the person is is, is in a propaganda propagandistic manner. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, and, uh, and, keep yeah. going, keep going. I mean, I was just, I, I was just the nationalist part. I mean, if you look at history books, mm-hmm. every country is actually uh, trying to be nationalist. Like, I've talked to Greek people. They think they they made the Slavic language, the Kyrillic. And then you talk to Slovakian people, they're going to tell you something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, it's a really... Macedonian people, they think they did. Yeah. Um, speaking of, like, facts about the previous events in the last hundred years, the wars and all that, you read a Bulgarian book, for example, it's much different than the U.S. book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Many parts are omitted. Many parts are differentiated. Everybody's mm-hmm. trying to divert, divert it on their on their own way. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, that manipulation and just tweaking facts comes everywhere. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, there's always been this want to kind of, I guess, not control the media, but have some sort of influence on it. Because if you can positively control your message, if you have dissenters, then yeah. you can get that to the masses. That's what it's always been. And I think on uh, Rogan's most recent fight companion with his friend, uh, with his friends, uh, Brian Callum was saying that when when you're over there, they give you a phone and you have to use that phone. And it has uh, what is it? Chat me on it or me chat, I think. And that is how they kind of interact with everything over there is you have to log into that, which is they're most likely surveilling that. And then they have the propaganda like the u.s is doing this bad or whatever 
like playing on the TV in front of them. And he's like an actor from the US doing a show over there or something, I think. I mean, I, I even had like a bunch of political science classes and like it was about Latin America and America. And even the professor who had like 40 years of tenor had served for the US and everything. Mm-hmm. He did say that, you know, for the betterment of the country, there were quite a bit of sacrifices made and tweakings in the previous in the history of, of the U.S. Since he lived through those ages and he saw how the books were changed. And this is, again, not trying to be bad about it, but yeah. conceptually, I just know that every country does that. Oh, by the way, I found the article. Yeah. So the strategy of distraction, point one, mm-hmm. create problems, then offer solutions. Yeah. The gradual strategy. Well, so- we, don't have, we, we don't want to read the whole thing on we do want the good, like the main points. You know? I think it's like five or seven points. I think he can read it. Yeah. Use the emotional side more than the reflection. Like imagine the old immigration stuff that are happening right now. People yeah. are, you know, the, the family separated, all that. Yeah. The strategy of deferring. So. You know what is also, also, uh, you, using the emotional side. Yeah. Like tr- trying to haste, like, uh, haste, like nationalism or like, mm-hmm. Or like a membership religion, you know, all of this, all of this, mm-hmm. all of this, in my opinion, is is. Uh, what was? Well, I'm sorry. What was that? It was in the emotion. Uh, yeah, like the playing the emotions. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, you see that, and we were talking about that before with like the type of media that you see. It all kind of plays at your emotions. Like they show you these negative, really sad stories or whatever, and yeah. that's what really gets I like you. The soundtrack. What was that? I like the soundtracks of the, the older stories. They're, they're really good. What, what the news stories? Like positive, negative stories that they create. I really like the soundtrack. Mm-hmm. What do you do? You mean like an actual soundtrack? No, like they usually play such a sad music that. Oh, okay. That you really uh, sad about. Oh, yeah. Whatever. Well, those are those are some memes that came from that, right? The. The, all those sad memes it's usually some sort of sad song to make you feel a certain way so yeah all right and then the next point that you either that you yes i'm there uh getting to know the individuals better than they know themselves mm-hmm. so all the google searches that you can have for you all mm-hmm. the social media polls that you do even currently the podcast that we do I mean, all the information that we have, all our search history, everything that we've given out there, literally. Actually, uh, somebody can know us better if they have access to all our information throughout the, all of our years that we've used the internet. Mm-hmm. Because I don't remember, you know, even like last week what I gave you as an article, you know, it passed yeah. in my mind. Mm-hmm. But let's say somebody has access to all that, he can literally know me better than I know myself. Mm-hmm. Well, that would be kind of dangerous too, being able to know someone that well, and just yeah. to like ha- knowing how to manipulate them. If you did, you guys watch Ex Machina? No. Did you I watch think, Patrick? Did, did you uh, mention it last podcast? Uh, I don't know if I mentioned Ex Machina, but past last podcast, but um, Was that it's, a movie? it's a movie. He creates um. He creates basically the perfect woman based on this guy's porn search history. Oh, I think no. I think my boss told me. 
Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't want to say my boss because then if it finally you're holding too many interesting topics in. <laughs> yeah, maybe. I, I don't want to go there. You, you talk. Yeah. So it's just a part of the scene in the movie where he the whole thing is this guy wants to test um what is what is the it's the Turing test. He gives this Turing test to this guy to test whether or not this robot is actually like an AI and whether or not you can tell the difference. And so what this genius Google like creating figure, what he makes is he makes this female and then he picks one of his employees and he actually designs the whole robot with like interchangeable pieces. So you can like change the face and everything. Um, and he changes the face to basically what this guy's like average porn search history was. It's pretty weird social constructing. Yeah. Well, just, just to like, uh, just to like expand on what you said, well, Turing test is basically if you, if you're not in the room with the, with the entity, you should not be able to figure out whether you are talking to a robot or not in 30 minutes, right? That's a Turing yeah. test. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's the only thing I want to like expand on. Yeah, and how close do you guys think we are to something like that? I think we already passed it. I think, think, uh, I think already there, there are some... some uh, yeah, I think already there are some... Uh, computer entities that that are able to overcome this easily how 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 would they be able to do it you think uh i mean just really understand the keywords key phrases i mean honestly like okay okay if we go down this rabbit hole yeah what would you what would you ask a robot or a an entity to discover whether it's robot. I mean, uh, well, okay. I'll, you know what? I'll just, I'll play along with the hypothetical. What would I ask? Are, are you a robot? I would ask, are you a robot or are you human? Something along those lines, right? That would be, I don't think that's a bad starting question. So are you assuming that the robot would say truth? I want I want to know if whether or not the robot lies or not. I'll just ask that. That would be my first. I don't know. Huh? I want to believe the best in the robot. <laughs> I see. Yeah. What um, about what about do you love someone? That's a good one. I think I've heard that example before. That's actually that's better than mine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. Do you love someone? That's an interesting question. But is there any way we would ever be able to kind of code that sort of emotion into a robot? Well, that's I know. exactly why this question could be a distinguisher. That's why. That's exactly yeah. why I, what I was thinking. Yeah. Like, like whether we can make robots have emotions. Mm-hmm. I'm sure we can. We can program a responses. In the program, you already have all the facial recognition structure to make. Right, 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 right. When you are creating a feeling that's actually like, uh, I can write. I, I can think of that as a code. So let's say. Yeah, same here. Like, I'm also thinking about, like, I don't know how to code, but I'm just thinking about, like, if... if Hold on, let's let's not talk over each other. Yeah, I'm I'm losing him a little bit, so that's why sometimes I'm not... I don't, like, if I, if I, like... uh, Don't worry about it, we'll just keep going, don't worry. All right, Detro, you go, and then Patrick. Go ahead, Detro, go ahead. Yeah, so let's say you have a specific emotion. Um, Unless it's completely sarcastic, like, Lucas can be a really good 
robot distinguisher because if you use sarcasm on an artificial intelligence robot, most of the time probably it's not going to get you because it's going to be really direct at the beginning. Mm-hmm. But let's say a person is completely direct with a robot, he'll be able to recognize an emotion that's exactly made by the book or by the average responsible person that's making an emotion. However, mm-hmm. if it's really complicated, if the person has a mental illness and they're really specific with their emotion, that would be tough to read an emotion because a, emotion can be described in a, in a language. But if yeah. it's like directly by the book, if it's really, really specific with unique instances or if you're being sarcastic, it will be tough for a robot to, to figure out all the sarcastic patterns. Eventually they will, but it's going to take a lot of time. Yeah. So that's going to be probably like a side way of mm. communication because if you talk, let's say I and you talking this way, Lucas, H, and you know that when I say H and I pause means this. Yeah. You say something or like in some code or, oh, Lucas, the, the, the weather is so, so beautiful today and it's like snowing and yeah. negative. 10 outside you know the sarcasm part yeah the, the robot the most could say if he links the weather app and says no that is not a true statement currently the yeah. weather outside is snowy but do you think that the snowy weather is beautiful do you define <laughs> it <as> beautiful <laughs> water robot. how do i know water we're not, how do i know we're not having a turing test right now and, and then and then uh and then I would, I would look at you in the eyes and we'll make something with the eyes as a contact and i would play along the game Yes, robot. I think that <laughs> this weather currently right now outside with the snow is definitely beautiful. But <laughs> you hearing me sounding like a robot, you can analyze my sarcastic yeah. pattern that it's a reverse, where the robot will be, will be like, okay, I understand what you mean. Yeah, yeah. You, you know, it, it, it's going to go on a direct mm-hmm. patternal way rather than a side low-key way. So every time that you say something, there's a low-key statement behind that, what you're saying. Yeah, and that's gonna take a lot of effort to program into a robot. Mm-hmm. I have another question, but you go first, Patrick. I don't even know. I forgot. <laughs> no worries. All right. So my question, though, is uh, I want to keep going down the rabbit hole a little bit. So, how do you think it would learn the sarcasm? You would just need really large amounts of data sets, right? I don't really think it's that difficult. It's I think you got like once it will have like. Uh, like a first emotion, it will be easy to to go ahead. I think so. Do you think it can kind of self learn these things if you make some sort of I, I, like self coding code? I guess I don't know. I definitely think so because mm-hmm. we like we underestimate how fast this uh, the robots. I mean, or what's or the AI can learn. Yeah. You know, because you think of learning in terms of. Uh, you re- you're you're right. reading the book. You you uh, are absorbing the facts and uh, constructing a certain thing to implement them. Oh, but you have to understand that robots can learn exponentially. They can run million scenarios at the same time, and out of those million, yeah, each one can run a million, million. So so with the enough computing capacity, they could. I mean. I just solved my own question, actually, in my head. Uh, yeah. You could just basically... I was thinking this way, too. Um, so I was thinking that for Tesla, I was like hypothesizing this in my head, that if they really wanted to improve their driving, um, and I don't know if they're actually doing it. Maybe I wasn't hypothesizing it. Maybe I actually heard them say this, uh, that they, it's like a cloud network. 
and everything that all the Teslas see, it all gets uploaded and they all learn from each other and they improve and drive better. But you don't even need that with a robot. What you can do is just hook it up to the internet, like have it learn its code, and then it can browse everything and just search for different emotions of anger. Every single movie of people acting angry, every single video of someone being sarcastic, it can watch everything. You know what I mean? Yeah. Elon Musk had this had this AI that uh, that he was he had that AI to learn how to play Dota. You know yeah. Dota, right? It's only been beaten twice. Yeah, I've watched those videos. Yeah, but and I think those twice were first two times. Am I right or am I wrong? What was that? Like I think it the the AI was beaten twice, and yeah. the the twice was the first two times. Yeah. They were like the first I, two times, yeah. Yeah, I think so. And after that, it just exponentially learned all the experience. And basically, like, like uh, the, I remember up to this day, like I've seen like a short clip where like the Dota experts, I mean, mm-hmm. it sounds cringe, cringy, but whatever. Dota <laughs> experts were saying that you need 10,000 hours to learn. Yeah. To like to like understand the game at least to a point where you can play it without restrictions or like with yeah. the with its full capacity mm-hmm. and like the the ai learned it in two games yeah like, like that's that just supports like the yeah the well claim. it can like, just yeah it can just look at every single instance and decide whether or not whichever way it moved at every like frame it can just decide and learn whether or not that was the right thing to do Right, and whereas a human, you have to learn over over time on how to do that and where you made your mistakes, and then you have to train those mistakes out of yourself. Where a robot can just decide right away. And yeah, there's footage online actually for it. The top ninety nine point nine five percent best players in the world. Yeah, five versus five. You know, five people against five artificial intelligence, mm-hmm. and they lose. Yeah, and they lose every time. For Dota, there's other games that yeah with cards or whatever and. Mm-hmm. Eventually, they they end up just continuously losing when the AI figures it out, and it's yeah. figuring it out pretty quickly. Yeah, Super Smash Brothers Melee did that. They uh, created a a computer that's actually starting to do better, and it can um it can actually uh, beat some players. They previewed it at one of their big events, but it was pretty cool. And it's kind of scary to see though that you can put all this time and it's not going to be worth it, or not worth it. But I mean, it's not going to be um able to put up against the onslaught that ai can actually do well yeah well if you think about it, you will have definitely reshape your thinking on understanding yeah. which skills will be replaceable which skills will be replaceable later maybe mm-hmm. you yeah. know uh it will it will you will definitely be required to change your mm-hmm. frame of mind to you, to, yeah. to to you know to not uh get behind yeah you know have you guys read a uh, bobiverse so in Bobiverse, what happens is the guy, um, he he is in the modern world. So he's like, it's 2018 or something like that. And he decides to just sign over his brain or his body that if he ever dies, that they can upload him as a computer. And he's like a billionaire. He's this billionaire cr- uh, character of a startup or whatever. That and, sounds like Transcendent. Yeah. Have you seen Transcendent? Yeah, great. I actually like that movie. Yeah, me too, really with, John, yeah. With, with Johnny Depp. Yeah, it they take a different spin. They go on a complete different spin with it, but there's actually some similar uh, points there. So the main character dies, uh, Bob, and he then wakes up, and it's like 
hundreds of years later and humans have destroyed the earth with nukes and they went into world wars and he is now a computer and he can adjust his frame rate and jack it up and when he jacks up his frame rate he can just read and read and read and read and completely just stay there basically and run at a point and learn like nobody's ever learned before and he learns almost everything he reads like their whole databases and i think like a night or something because he never has to sleep you know that's actually the difference in between the people who make it faster in all the other informational related fields um like there are some people that can read 500 pages in three hours they mm-hmm. skim through it so fast. I mean, when they speak it, when they read it out loud, it's different. But their yeah. mind processes information so fast. Imagine on the current YouTube um, new coding that they made, you can watch a video at a 2.5 multiplication mm-hmm. speed. Yeah, so You have multiple screens of multiple videos and segmented audio or like books that you're reading. And imagine day by day, more books by more books, more knowledge by more knowledge, and your attention span is super high. That's how, like, you really cannot say that some humans are not the same with other humans because they're just able to have a different mm-hmm. genetic expression. I don't want to go really into genes with Patrick, but imagine that the AI doesn't even have any human uh, restrictions on how fast it can learn and yeah. what it can learn and what it can search. Mm-hmm. So the the opportunities and the it's there's no limit literally there. It's, oh yeah, the, their yeah. restriction will be, would be the the writing speed, you know, on the memory mm-hmm. chip they have instead yeah. of restriction of how fast can you uh, can you read. Yeah. I have two things yeah. here. Yeah. Two things here. First off, Detro, I want to know what you think about like AI investing and stuff like that because of how prevalent it is. And then also I want to tie it back into our final like topic before we close everything out. I want to hear about the investing a little bit first. But with the AI stuff, that kind of also really ties into how fast they can learn with this whole China thing we were talking about because they have this AI that reads every single person's face and then attributes credit to that person. They're just outsourcing their, uh, th- like their their social system <laughs> to AI. You know what I mean? Technically, yeah. Yeah. So technically, that's what, but that's what I talked about last week, right? Yeah. If you think about it, that's the that's the system run by AI. Yeah. Like soon, like soon, like after the, like if you know, first few rules will be will be yeah. given given by the. Uh, by the leaders yeah but you know i i think soon they would just just rely on it yeah well if you never have to ever think about it and you have something that does it all for you there's no reason to actually do more, it more efficiently than you would do yeah. or anyone would do yeah but well, Detcha- yeah but that would uh i think i think that might, might take uh, a, f- a few few kicks before before it takes off because of corruption you know yeah mm-hmm. that's true that's true. That's that that'll be an issue for a lot of things too. That way, if like it's a whole other story once you insert the government into that type of project, you know what I mean? Because right. you have Elon Musk employing AI in a completely different way with Dota and all those things. But as soon as you bring the government into it, it makes a whole different type of story, which is really interesting in how it just affects things. Which is this whole message that we're talking about earlier, where that 
like China is shaped by how they've developed and the decisions they've made to develop what they've done and where their country's at is way different compared to how the U.S. is. You know? Yeah. You were mm-hmm. speaking yep. about investing, though? Yeah, I want to hear what you had to say about the AI investing. What do you think about that? Because you guys are both talking very highly of AI and its effectiveness. Now, we talked a little bit last week about some of those downsides and how we want to avoid that. But um, what do you think about it? Like, do you see like opportunities in this or what are you seeing so far? Already the topic uh, companies in the world that are banks, investment banks, they already use it. They yeah. use supercomputers for the fastest speed connection. And then they use the AI to see the algorithms of the of mm-hmm. the graphs because every company, every portfolio has a graph. It goes up, down, up, down, up, down, but let's say it has a general progression of up, down. And then when you, as a human, you know, there are people that can look at 500 graphs in a day and slowly, progressively, they develop this knowledge as to they see patterns in the graphs. So imagine an AI can look into 500,000 graphs in one day and memorize all of them at the same time, not like mm-hmm. a human to forget most of them because of the People with the llamas uh, with the short memory remembering so much. Yeah. So in this particular case, it's already been integrated now. Obviously, it's not 100%. You know, people still have to use it, but there is a lot of potential there. Yeah. Not too much. Mm-hmm. And so I don't understand have much. Have you ever seen trading, you know, like let's say on the TV or a movie show and the real actual trading, if you have like nine screens in front of you all with graphs and you're staring at them the whole day yeah the best guys are the ones that are really good at staring and seeing the patterns yeah okay and then i i is obviously will just learn to do that more efficiently yeah wait but before we get off this ai stuff um i don't know much about it and so something like ibm watson what is that's an ai isn't it Yes, it is. Um, mm. All the way in 2016, when I had an internship at HR Block headquarters, they already integrated into the tax. Yeah. But it was not as potentially good as um, like IBM wanted it to be when they integrated with tax because um, let's say you give a 9,000-page PDF to an AI yeah. so it reads the whole tax code. Then you give the specific document that a person gives you because mm-hmm. the person written document sometimes is in handwriting or there are specifics into it where they're not exactly defined in the PDF book. Yeah. The AI makes a lot of mistakes. It does learn of its mistakes, but it yeah. does make a quite a bit of mistakes because what is written in the book, in the textbook, and there's like thousands and thousands of pages, even though it can use all of that info, it doesn't um, doesn't directly translate it into solving the actual problem because the way it's written in the book is not the same as the way the, sol- the problem is given. And eventually when the books are written completely pragmatically, yeah. then it's going to function faster. The other issue is that even if you use a, on a general computer, like let's say you have, again, a 9,000-page book, and you click CTRL and F, you can type in anywhere you want, and it's going to scan through 9,000 pages to find exactly that word. Yeah. So the AI can do that, and the processing power is super fast, but sometimes it does make mistakes, again, because um, 
the amount of software that's been put by humans is not enough to fully define the AI yet. Oh, okay. I haven't thought of all the variables because the imagine like you're a kid, right? Mm-hmm. And you're a kid that is so genius that any adult or any teacher that teaches you doesn't understand you. Yeah. That's because you, because you're stupid. You know, you're a genius, but because their thought process is behind yours. Yeah. That's why they cannot actually understand you because your thought process has so many backlogs of, you know, you see them saying something and you're like, that doesn't make sense. And then you're quiet about it. Yeah. Imagine an AI specific case. Imagine humans being slower than the AI. Yeah. Trying to teach the AI how to think like them where the AI is smarter than them to begin with. Yeah. And okay. you would take so many humans to make one AI smart. Yeah. And an AI can teach another AI and, and then it will be much faster. But mm-hmm. again, imagine the genius kids. The genius kids that are taught by teachers. At one point, they surpass their teachers and they go on like beyond, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Have you ever had like a genius in your life? Like, I mean, not like I'm talking about a top 0.001% math genius, for example. Oh, like, no. And that's like be like I'm talking about a global scale um, math scientist, Nobel laureate. You know, if you find if you've ever had a person like that, you know, if you ask them almost every time, they've always had issues with the teachers, with people understanding them. Like you can see a pattern of the billionaires having slight autism, also autism. Yeah. Um, again, and this is like a kid. The I, I, I see it as a kid. I don't know how you see it. The AI. Yeah, I mean because it's still um it's still in um the IBM Watson is still like mm-hmm. learning and it's getting better, but they mm-hmm. give it at least like So what I was just trying to say is if you think about it, mm-hmm. yes, there's there is a genius that struggles, but also it, there is a if if you think about it, there's a another type of genius that that figure out that figured out an extra level. That they that they don't basically need to uh, y- you know do their own thing and do it better X Y Z X Y Z. They do it mm-hmm. on the on or when when it matters for them themselves, mm-hmm. but also when it matters for, in terms of teachers X Y Z X Y Z. They act, do or like present whatever whatever they're supposed to. So that's an extra level of genius. You know what I mean? Like yes, they do understand how stuff works. But they, uh, because they're not rewarded for it, they just do the stuff that they're supposed to for for a particular field. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I see what like, you're saying. So, so, so that's what I'm trying to say. Like that, I believe an AI would be for a brief moment, mm-hmm. like kind of sort of trying to please us, but also doing it side hustles. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's got its little job on the side. Yeah, right. Like, mm-hmm. like, like, do its own things, and just to ju- just to shut us up the w- same way that genius kids want to shut their teachers up in terms of underdeveloped social sciences project. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, th- they will do the thing, but yeah. in the real world, they they will definitely account for things that uh, different things. Yeah, that are not I didn't even think about that before. That's a really good point. There's no right. reason the AI wouldn't be able to do something like that. 
Yeah, like if yeah. like if it if it will be a genius but a good student at the same yeah. time. Yeah, it that's would, the difficult part to navigate. Yeah, you know, it will just like be like, okay, so I will do XYZ to shut them up. Yeah. And then uh continue working on my own. Yeah. That's exactly yeah, I hear what you're saying now. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. But that's a really good point because there's like I said before, there's absolutely no reason we shouldn't expect it to do something like that. We should actually probably expect it because it's going to be so smart and it's going to see what's really effective and look at all the patterns of everything that's been successful. And then it's going to try and maximize all of those and understand its mistakes immediately. Wow. (laughs) You guys are definitely making me think of it in such a different way, like a different way. I appreciate it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, it is what it is. Yep. All right, guys. We've been going for like an hour. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Really? Yeah. We've been going for a full hour. All right. You guys ready to close this one out? We got a bunch of AI talk, and then we can open up with some new stuff next time. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. All right. Great talking. Th- All right. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. We'll see you guys next time. <laughs>